0: This episode of That's What G Said podcast is presented by full-service realtor Cindy Carava. Visit Cindycarava.com for all of your real estate needs or for any questions, send an email to cindyc.realtor at gmail.com. Okay, I got a packed episode of That's What G Said coming up. We're going to give out our college football plays for the week. NFL game recaps Week 2, we're going to go over every game What happened in all of those games What was hidden um, What were the storylines We'll preview the Thursday night football game Between the Jags and the Titans And then we're going to talk some Parks Saturday, a couple graded stakes races Over at Parks on Saturday We'll have the Cotillion And the Pennsylvania Derby So some big races at Parks this weekend Hope you enjoy this episode of That's What G Said September nineteenth, two 2019 Thanks for tuning in to another episode of That's What G Said Podcast Gotta give a shout to my buddy Joey for that great theme song Every time we start the show And before you do anything, if you can, real quick Big favor to ask Head on over to YouTube Head on over to iTunes Head on over to SoundCloud And just subscribe to the podcast That's What G Said Helps me out quite a bit, build those subscribe numbers up. And then anytime I record an episode or a video, uh, if you subscribe on YouTube, anytime I'll do some additional videos, gonna start with with, uh, some videos now coming up, they'll be sent to you immediately. So if you can, take a quick second, head on over, subscribe. Uh, We're on YouTube, iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Podcasts, TuneIn, Spreaker, all over the place. Uh, Everywhere you find your podcast, check out That's What G Said had a a fun moment today i guess the does this count went with uh my girlfriend stephanie as most of you know we are expecting a little boy in just about five six weeks now uh due November the fourth so we went to the dodger game tonight and it was i guess the baby's first dodger game right Right? I mean, he went to the game, he was at the game, he's there I mean, he's not really watching the game, he couldn't eat a Dodger dog and some garlic fries And a pretzel, two Dodger dogs, garlic fries, and, and a pretzel like his pops did But, still got to head on out to Chavez Ravine So hopefully the first of many for the little man as, uh It's getting closer and closer now, starting to feel more and more real. Before we get into uh, all the sports, had to share something with you that I am really, really excited about. Now, if you didn't see, I think it was four years ago on Jimmy Fallon, they had uh, like a little eight to ten minute skit. That was basically a Save by the Bell reboot where Jimmy Fallon was part of the Save by the Bell cast. It was fun. You got to see Zach Morris and and uh, our favorite uh, Save by the Bell uh, characters, and it was it was just a lot of fun, a little bit of nostalgia. Well, in the last few years with all these streaming services, I mean, we I just recapped all the BH nine hundred two and O. Episodes, we've seen Full House and all of these different shows. Roseanne, now it's the Connors, I mean all these different shows Have been returned Rebooted, uh, redone In different ways, and now We're gonna have Another one, and If we we were to talk about All time favorite TV shows It'd be a Difficult discussion for me, it would Take like weeks to try to narrow them down but one that I can guarantee, I can promise you, I can absolutely promise you That would be on my top 5 list and would definitely be battling for number 1 Is Save by the Bell Save by the Bell, I absolutely loved And I'm going to read some of this article directly from the Hollywood Reporter Came out just a few days ago Saved by the Bell TV sequel with Mario Lopez and Elizabeth Berkeley, a go at NBC Universal Streamer. We've been hearing now a lot of these new shows coming out because Disney has the new streaming service now. NBC Universal is going to have the new streaming service now. Uh, what, Apple, iTunes is going to have a new streaming service now where they are going to be having just tons of original content. So we're getting all these new shows back. So now we're gonna get a Save by the Bell reboot. It says NBC Universal's newly named streaming service, Peacock, is teaming with Mario Lopez and Elizabeth Berkeley for a new Save by the Bell series. Sources say the streamer is in talks with other cast members, including Mark Paul Gossler, to potentially return. The new comedy explores what happens when California Governor Zach Morris gets into hot water for closing too many low-income high schools and proposes the affected students be set to the highest performing schools in the state. Including Bayside High the influx of new students Gives over privileged Bayside kids A much needed and hilarious dose of reality Lopez and Berkeley return to play Respective characters AC Slater and Jesse Spano In what sources say are new roles as parents So uh, this will be a blast I Just loved it and It's funny when When you look back on things From when you were young It feels like they went on forever right like a cartoon or a show. The show was only on for four years. Say, by the Bell ran for four seasons as, sat- as part of a Saturday morning block on NBC from ninety eight to ninety three. But and then they had the college years, and they had the new class, which I was never really into. The college years I was okay with, and then before that, it was even Good Morning Miss Bliss. Uh, and then they had the wedding in Vegas at the at the very end. But wow, it felt like there were so many. More seasons than just four And I i mean a lot of it has to do with The way it was syndicated Later on right This became one of those shows that was always On what was it TBS and TNT um, A lot of the basic Cable channels I remember or WGN over and over And over again Saved by the bell Returning Pumped about uh, About that Okay, let's get into some college football. Let's get into our plays. First up, before we move forward, always have to go backwards. And last week was a nice week, uh, again, for the college plays. Now, uh, back-to-back, really solid weeks for college. And when we recap the, the big game, so... Where do we go right? Where do we go wrong? Very lucky to hold on with that Kentucky game. is Kentucky absolutely blew that one. They should have beat Florida, and then Florida's starting quarterback goes down. But we we got that game at eight and a half, and it ended up eight. So it was very very lucky. We got to got to get the most beneficial line that you can throughout the week. And when we saw that line start to float up, because. Uh, Everybody's looking at Kentucky having to start a backup quarterback Who played pretty well early And then he just made a couple really bad, bad decisions late So we were able to uh, hold on with that victory And we were able to slightly cover with Washington State uh, In the Houston game where Houston was able to cover And that one too So 2-0 last weekend On a, a nice college football Weekend there with just a couple of plays And this weekend we're going to open things up A little bit more When we went through The results from last weekend Just as far as the top 25 are concerned Clemson, Bama, Georgia LSU, Oklahoma Indi- uh Oklahoma, Ohio State All big wins, Notre Dame Auburn, uh, Florida Had to come from behind to beat Kentucky Utah with another big Win uh, Texas, Penn State Is a team that I'm very excited to play Against maybe in a couple weeks They have a bye this week But I might be looking to play against them in a few weeks When they play Maryland We'll see how things go between now and then uh, UCF beat Stanford Oregon with a big win A&M uh, Iowa, Iowa State was a fun game Iowa was able to get the better of them late Boise State won Virginia won Washington, Cal ASU, Upset Michigan State And then uh, TCU Got a victory We saw USC lose in a game to BYU That that really didn't surprise me a whole lot USC just has not been a very disciplined And well coached team under Helton It kind of looked like a a trap game too After a game where you played so well against Stanford And then you had a big game against Utah coming up And again USC is just not It's weird to say this Because they have as much talent as anyone In the nation but they're just not that good. You know, it starts from the top and it trickles down. They're just not a well-run organization. A well-run uh, team from top to bottom. Really just a well-run school from top to bottom. Okay. This week, here are the games we're going to be looking at. And the key is, remember, anytime I mention plays, the numbers are, su- are really key. If I like Houston, it's probably because we like them at a certain a certain line, and I'll try to do my best to tell you where's the breaking point. Right, if if lines start to move one, one and a half, two points, sometimes it's just too much. Even if you like a team and that, and you like them at, you know, plus seven, and then it gets down to plus four, that that's probably not a good bet. Right, you just got to make sure you give yourself the best opportunity. So here's who we'll pl- we'll start with. This is a game where. Seen a lot of sharp and heard a lot of sharp people Playing the Michigan at Wisconsin Game and Michigan's looked Miserable so far This year and Wisconsin has looked Awesome before the season This line was Michigan favored by five Now it's Wisconsin minus three and a half And the, the hook is the key in this game Make sure to get the three and a half You don't want this game a two and a half Three is okay but three and a half is, is Where we really want it so we're going to take The Michigan side in here And you're going to see a lot of stats about Harbaugh 0-6 at Michigan as an underdog. But they're getting their senior tackle back, Runyon, John Runyon, all Big Ten. He's going to be making his season debut. And they're coming off a bye week. They've been kind of out of sight, out of mind now. They're playing a Wisconsin team who's looked really, really good. Michigan's looked bad. The line has moved way too much. I still think Wisconsin should probably be favored in this game based on what we've seen early. But that extra half, if you can get the three and a half, at least the three, but the three and a half, take Michigan there, plus the three and a half at Wisconsin. Stanford versus Oregon, right? Stanford has looked bad. So you were seeing a trend here with the first couple plays, right? Teams that haven't looked that great to start the year. St- The only difference between Michigan and Stanford is Michigan's won and not looked good. Stanford has lost. They lost at USC, and then they just lost to number 17, UCF. But when they lost to USC, they've had no KJ Costello. Then USC came back and lost to BYU, so then people are really thinking this Stanford team isn't very good. But now they're back home. They're at Stanford. Oregon's coming off of a couple huge wins against Nevada and Montana. They just beat up on them. And I don't know if Oregon has the playmakers at maybe the wide receiver positions that USC has. I'm not saying Oregon's not a better team overall and they've got an unbelievable quarterback and probably a much better well-rounded team from top to bottom. But if you're just talking about some of the playmakers at the skill positions, those are the players that kind of ran around and beat up on Stanford. I don't know if Oregon has those players. And I think Stanford... At home has the opportunity To keep this game close I saw a couple good stats from Max Meyer On Twitter He likes this game also Actually I think he likes the Michigan game too So a couple, we'll be on the, the same side In a couple games He mentioned That Stanford As a home underdog Under David Shaw Four times they've been a home underdog They're 4-0 straight up 4-0 against the spread the 10.5 just seems too much. Oregon is a 10.5 point favorite at Stanford. That's just too much, especially when you get that that extra half. We're taking Stanford here, plus the 10.5 against Oregon. Next game, North Carolina against Appalachian State. North Carolina minus the three. Like North Carolina in their first couple games this year, and then last week when they lost to Wake Forest, it looked like a tr- like a really bad spot for them. Stayed away from that one. Now they look like a good play this week. They won two games straight up at home as big underdogs. And App State is not quite as good as some of the previous App State teams have been. They just allowed a ton of points late. I just think this North Carolina at home will win this game by a touchdown. Three-point favorite here. Let's take North Carolina minus the three You don't want to go up to three and a half If you can get North Carolina minus two and a half That would be beautiful Look around for that Kansas Plus the four Home against West Virginia West Virginia is not that good They lost a lot coming into this year They did not look good early in the season And then they they just beat up on NC State So they're coming off a, a good game Where they looked really good Kansas is also coming off a good game They had a big win at Boston College Now they're the four point dog at home Look at who West Virginia lost to prior to that They lost to Missouri Missouri lost to Wyoming I just don't know how good this West Virginia team is I don't know how good this Kansas team really is But with Kansas We're getting four points at home With a team who I think Is on the improve coming off a big win Kansas Plus the four Against West Virginia Colorado Buffaloes came out flat last week And as expected They had a big win against Nebraska They went to overtime And then they got down early against Air Force It looked like a trap game on paper They end up coming back That game goes to overtime So they've played back to back overtimes Now they gotta go on the road A little bit of pressure off And they play against an ASU team Who is a little bit overvalued Because they just beat Michigan State and in that Michigan State game, Michigan State missed a, a game-tying field goal taken away because of a penalty, and then they missed the follow-up. They missed three field goals in that game. Michigan State should have won that game. So if they win, what is this line? Is this different? Are they Is Arizona State still a 7.5-point favorite against Colorado? That's the key, the half. This is a two-score. ASU's a two-score favorite. Against Colorado Just a couple weeks back They won 19-7 against Sacramento State Let's play Colorado Plus the 7.5 here This will be the the last one This this will be 6 I'm going to mention 8 games altogether And remember The lines are the key Uh, The Colorado game and then Houston Uh, Houston game is on Thursday So make sure to get this game in It's plus 5 at Tulane same type of thing, Tulane's coming off a 58-6 win against Missouri State Houston lost, they actually played pretty well They lost 31-24 to Washington State They could have won that game Houston is 17-3 and in their last 20 games against the spread as an underdog And they are 12-1-1 in their last 14 Play very well when they're an underdog Keep games close Houston plus the 5 at Tulane so we got Michigan plus three and a half at Wisconsin, Stanford plus ten and a half against Oregon, North Carolina minus three against the Appalachian State, Colorado plus seven and a half at ASU, Kansas plus four, it's West Virginia and Houston plus five at Tulane, and then there are two other games that I'm, I'm looking at. Very rarely do I uh, I put USC up, but this is one that has moved a little bit too much. This line is at. Uh, Utah minus three and a half, four at USC, and I think a lot of people are looking at this game. U- USC just lost to Utah. I mean, USC played pretty pretty poor last week, and and BYU played very very well. Uh, compared that to the game at the beginning of the year when Utah played BYU, BYU did not play well. Sure, some of that has to do with the fact that Utah is probably better than USC. They probably have a better defense. And maybe they made BYU look a little worse. I watched every snap of those games. BYU was just a much better team this week. I think people are going to see that game and they're going to say, oh, Utah crushed BYU and BYU beat USC. Well, Utah got two pick-six interceptions in that game too. A game that finished 30-12 to and you got 14 points on the board from pick-sixes. I'm worried about this game though because Clay Helton does not – do well against good teams he just hasn't this is more of me being a USC homer it's more of me not really being that high on Utah or not really thinking they're necessarily that good of a team and it's I think the overreaction to people seeing USC lose last week to a BYU team I mean USC was only a four point dog last week USC was only a four point favorite last week. It was only a four point. It wasn't like USC was favored by ten in that game, where it was like going to be, a, you know, a massive embarrassment to lose. And then Notre Dame. Plus the fourteen and a half at Georgia. Doesn't that just feel like too many points in this game? Three scores for Georgia Notre Dame. I can see 10. 14.5? Georgia's a very good team, and maybe Notre Dame's a little bit overrated. Who knows? But I think it's too early in the season where these two teams could both still kind of go either way to, for this game to be that big of a spread. 14.5 will take the Notre Dame there. And at USC, 3.5 or 4. Those are both solid too. So uh, there are eight games that we're looking at. Again, if the lines float up or down away from these, don't play them. You know, If it's Saturday morning and these lines have moved a couple points, don't play them. Don't, don't play every game. As you can see, there's tons of college games, and there's tons of NFL games each and every week. Do not feel like we have to play all of them. Okay, NFL game recaps. Before we get into the game recaps, let's, let's give you some random stats. Some random stats recorded so far over the first couple weeks. The Dolphins have allowed 102 points. They've scored 10. It's a 92-point differential. I can do math. That's tied for second-worst all-time with the 1973 Saints. The 1961 Oakland allowed 99 points through two weeks, and they scored zero. So they had a, a minus 99. couple injuries to report. Joe Staley out for the Niners, who have looked good to start. Could be an, a big injury for them. New England injury to both of their starting tackles. Let's keep an eye on that. Drew Brees, surgery on the thumb at least six weeks. Expected to be back maybe week 11. Ben Roethlisberger out for the season, shoulder surgery. Says he plans to play out his contract and return next year. James Conner, knee injury. Overall sentiment, it's not serious. Trending towards playing this week. Damian Williams and LaShawn McCoy, Kansas City both with some injuries uh, Williams with a knee he left in the third Quarter LaShawn McCoy with an ankle injury Devin Singletary He's day to day with a hamstring uh, Michael Gallup arthroscopic Surgery on the left Knee to trim uh, Damaged meniscus So we'll be out two to four weeks Let's Get you some stats and numbers Lamar Jackson 272 yards passing 120 yards rushing that's the most Passing yards Ever for a player who had rushed For 120 yards in the regular season Kaepernick actually had more In a playoff game Terry McLaren Some of these stats are pro football focus stats Terry McLaren 90% of Washington's snaps That leads all at his position So if you're looking to pick up someone in fantasy Or maybe thinking about starting McLaren In one of your spots Hey, you know what? He's on the field quite a bit Kirk Cousins Face defensive pressure on 60% of the dropbacks. That is the most in the league. Minnesota offensive line has the second worst overall grade in the league. And their defensive uh and their pass blocking is their second is the second worst overall. Kirk Cousins also has the lowest passing grade. He's just holding on to the ball way too long, not making good decisions back there. Mark Andrews the highest graded offensive player in football with 50 or more snaps so far this year. And he's still only playing just uh, over half of the offensive snaps. So expect to see even more and more of him. The Cowboys are now using play action the most in the NFL, 43.1% after just using it for 25% in 2018, which is the average play action rate this year, 25%. Cowboys are fifth in RPOs, run pass options. Trubisky has not been very good. He's had some accuracy issues. 28.8% of his passes have been deemed uncatchable, which is the second worst in the NFL. He's only had 3% of throws put in a perfect spot. That is the worst in the NF, and he's the worst in the NFL when his wide receivers has a step, when his wide receiver has a step or more of separation. Michael Gallup, who's banged up, he was second in receiving grade among wideouts. Second in yards per route, ninth in uh, yards after catch per reception. And he leads the team to an aim target share. Tough, tough time for him to pick up an injury when he looks so good to start the year. Chris Godwin, he's fifth overall in wide receiver in grade. Uh, 12th in yards per route run 8th in passer rating when targeted And he leads the team in aim target share How about DJ Shark, 2nd year wide receiver 201 yards, 2 touchdowns, 4 first downs in a couple games He's got 11 of his 13 targets And he's 7th in receiving grade And then on the other side You have Dante Moncrief 2 games for the Steelers They have graded out has the worst and the third worst single games of his career. And through two weeks, he is the lowest graded wide receiver in football. He had a miserable drop this week. The Bengals O line is giving rushers less than a yard before contact per attempt 1.8 rushing yards per attempt. That's the lowest in the league. Jameis Winston hit a touchdown pass and a couple big time throws. He improved. In week 2 Talked about the Cowboys using that play action What about Baltimore? They're one of only two teams along with the Cowboys Using play action over 40% And in play action Lamar Jackson is 6th in adjusted completion percentage And he's 5th in passer rating Everybody's wondering what's up with Cam Newton So far this year 5 carries Negative 2 yards Rushing and 2 fumbles Cliff Kingsbury Was the 1st Coach ever since 1974 To attempt three field goals While trailing a game in Inside the five yard line And it was actually four Because one of One of them he kicked a field goal There was a penalty They moved it up and he still didn't go for fourth It's amazing Everybody talked about how aggressive And he's going to be this and, and he's the opposite when it, I mean he still runs an aggressive system a lot of wide outs and doesn't run the ball a whole lot and But as far as Going for it, McVay's like this too Which is funny Because everybody talks about you know them being these Offensive genius Gurus But they don't go for they kick a lot of field goals It's really weird Heading into week 3 now And since 1990, only 12% of teams to start 0-2 Have made the playoffs Chase Stewart's stat Before we move forward you gotta go back in time a little bit So Let's go backwards to Week 2 Thursday Night Football, Tampa, Carolina Tampa 20, Carolina 14 Jameis had 208 yards And here Godwin had a really good game He had 8 receptions and 121 yards and a touchdown And it was weird Peyton Barber carried the ball 23 times For 82 yards and a touchdown A week after Ronald Jones had looked really good Carrying the ball He only got 4 carries for 9 yards when Cam Newton throws the ball 51 times You're going to be in trouble And when McCaffrey Is only able to get 37 yards On 16 carries And 16 yards on 2 receptions I mean Cam was just off McCaffrey only caught 2 of his 6 targets Olson only caught 6 of his 9 targets Curtis Samuel was targeted 13 times And he only caught 5 balls And DJ Moore was targeted 14 times And he only caught 9 to start the game, Cam tried to run for it on a short Fourth down in, uh, on their first drive He got stopped And then we we got lots of barber for Tampa Tampa ended up Kicking a field goal after stopping uh, Carolina on fourth down in the first quarter uh, Cam Passed to Samuel For completion, Samuel had to come back to the ball If Cam had led him, that's a touchdown And so it's not Just the incompletions It's when you complete it sometimes, when you're not leading receiver When you make them come back to the ball He just looks bad right now Carolina muffed a punt It bounced into their uh, one of their teammates' arms They got lucky there And Cam was just bad, bad misses Lots of penalties in the first 20 minutes of the game Just a really ugly start to the second quarter Carolina was up 6-3 with 8.25 left in the second We got an OPI on Tampa Then a Jameis bad pass Then a Cam bad pass Tampa muffed punt and recovered it Jameis deep pass to Mike Evans For 41 yards Then a touchdown pass to Godwin It was a good drive by Jameis To get up in the second quarter Tampa 10, Carolina 6 Carolina was driving to end the half Even on the completions In the slot Cam just throwing behind wide receivers because he's behind, they kick a field goal It's 10-9 Tampa to end the half Big play for Carolina to start the second half 33 yards to Olsen But then a sack, they lose 8 yards A couple of Cam misses And Tampa has a drive, 3 plays, negative 3 yards Just Absolutely nothing on the ground for McCaffrey When it gets back to Carolina Then you get a 41 yard Pass to Olsen And a 1 yard run but Then a sack a sack. Field goal banks off the uprights and in for Carolina. 51 yard field goal. Now they're up 12 10 on four field goals. Carolina with eight minutes left in the third. Jameis with a nice play to avoid a sack. Then he almost throws an interception. He nearly gets picked off. Uh, it was Keekly who almost made a great play in, in coverage. Then a 15-yard unnecessary roughness on Tampa. As you can see, just no flow to this game. Uh, Barber then breaks a, a touchdown run, 16 yards. Tampa's up 17 to 12. Cam with another bad throw and an interception. He, but it gets negated by defensive holding. And then then Cam tries to run and he fumbles the ball. Jameis actually makes a couple nice throws, and then a miss could have been an easy touchdown. Then Tampa misses a field goal. Cam again, he just behind on another slant He completes and almost an interception And then an OPI on Carolina I've never seen more OPIs called in my life Than we saw this week in the NFL Jameis makes a good throw He just misses Godwin out of bounds for a big play Then a Carolina safety right after Now it's 17-14 Tampa Cam with almost another interception Carolina gets the ball twice Down 17-14 And they can't score Cam misses Samuel again He underthrows him, almost an interception Misses a wide open DJ Moore On a simple out route Pass behind Samuel I mean, we're not talking easy He's missing 26 throws Tampa gets the ball Godwin first down Uh, Barber runs it well, 21 yards total On this drive, rushing Tampa kicks a field goal For 32 yards, it's now 20-14 to Carolina drives Pass behind Olsen who makes a great catch To save Cam Then another bad miss for Cam Carolina gets to the 2 yard line They needed to get to the 1 And McCaffrey got stopped Tampa 20, Carolina 14 And Carolina looked miserable Cam looked atrocious I would generally love to play games The week after a team looks this bad But it the word is that Cam might not be healthy. He might not be playing. He's still maybe in a boot, walking boot right now. So we'll have to see uh what happens here moving forward. He just has not looked healthy. Tampa played a little bit better, but this was an ugly Thursday night football game. Lions Chargers, Lions 13, Chargers 10. Start the game. Chargers 3 and out, Detroit 3 and out. Rivers had a nice pass to Ecklers on the sideline And Eckler with a Chargers touchdown 7.57 left in the first quarter Chargers are up 7-0 Detroit with a nice touchdown drive to a respond 7-yard pass, 4-yard run 6-yard pass, 11-yard pass 7-yard run, 4-yard run Incomplete pass, touchdown pass Really nice drive 36-yard touchdown pass to Johnson on a, on a little screen pass Detroit misses the extra point They're down 7-6 Galladay and Stafford who were kind of yelling at each other In week one Stafford mainly yelling at Galladay Who seemed like he was uh, kind, of, kind of running the routes a little bit wrong They were just a little off Much better chemistry this week Galladay had 8 receptions For 117 yards and a touchdown 8 receptions on 10 targets at Stafford was 22 for 30 245 yards with a couple of Touchdowns and a couple of picks So after the touchdown, we had a punt chargers, punt lions, punt chargers. Prater misses a field goal for 40 yards after a 64-yard drive. It's now Chargers ball, third and 7, and Benjamin drops a first down. That's that's a spot where you'd love to have Hunter Henry. Who's out. Who's hurt right now, right? Maybe even Melvin Gordon. Although Eckler's played well. He can't really uh you can't really blame what he's been able to do. on Johnson drops a first down. Not, not a beautiful game here With Minute 20 left in the half But a nice drive for the Chargers Keenan Allen 11 yards Keenan Allen 16 yards Mike Williams with a 47 yard Diving catch, it was awesome And then they kick a 39 yard field goal So the Chargers are up 10-6 And then you get a Galladay Stafford 27 yard Connection But then a Stafford interception it was a crazy play. He was actually looking for Galladay. It bounced off the defender, hit Galladay, went back into the defender's arms, and Galladay was just trying to, to break it up. He ends up getting called for an OPI there. They decline because they get the, uh, the interception. So now it looks like the Chargers are rolling, right? They're up 10 6. They got the ball and they're driving. Eckler. Goes for 25 yards The next play 60 yard touchdown run Jackson, penalty Holding on the Chargers, no TD Two plays later Eckler, 22 yard touchdown Penalty, no touchdown Four penalties on the same drive For the Chargers get a pass, Then they get a pass interference In the end zone So now it's first and goal For the Chargers From the one Eckler tries to go up and over And they fumble So on this drive alone, four penalties, two touchdowns overturned, and a fumble on the one, on first and goal. Detroit gets the ball. What do they do? Three and out. Chargers move the ball again. They get to the 21-yard line. They miss a 39-yard field goal. So you look at this game. I mean, the Chargers should have easily won this game and put away the Lions. Get down to the one, you fumble. You miss another field goal. So we get another Stafford interception This is the third time now That the Chargers get the ball In the second half when they're up 10-6 to And they couldn't score They fumbled on the 1, they missed the field goal Mike Williams makes another great catch And what happens? They miss another field goal So 3 times Up 10-6 Fumble on the 1, miss field goal, miss field goal And you can't You can't get off 10 With 11 minutes to go in the 4th quarter It's still 10-6, it's a big 4th and 1 pass From Stafford Tight window Next play, Galladay with a 31-yard touchdown It's like every time there's a big play A penalty, something If you don't make the stop The next play, something bad happens 31-yard touchdown, 13-10 Detroit Rivers was off on a few passes He scrambled for a 12-yard first down He just misses Allen Jackson was running the ball well though And Mike Williams had another great, great catch. He only had 3 catches, but he had 83 yards. Allen had 8 receptions for 98 yards. And then Eckler, 17 carries for 66 yards. 6 receptions for 67 yards. He had another touchdown. Rivers was okay. Hawkinson was a little down after his big week. The Chargers were at the Detroit 19-yard line with 2 minutes and 40 seconds left. They're at the Detroit 19. They lose 4 yards Then a no gain Then a delay of game And then Rivers throws into double coverage Interception, just a bad interception Detroit's able to run out the clock They pass on 3rd and six. They get a first down Both of these teams were penalized a lot The Chargers had 9 penalties for 70 yards Detroit had 8 penalties for 71 yards That was definitely a blown game For for the Chargers Fumble on the 1, missed field goal Missed field goal Get down to the 20 and you throw an interception Colts Titans Colts 19, Titans 17 Tennessee started with a 3 and out Eric Ebron made a a nice play for the Colts on 3rd and 12 to get a first down He jumped over an attempted tackle There was a long pass, it was a defensive PI First and goal for the Colts They quickly get a touchdown Tennessee with a 3 and out, Colts with a 3 and out it was a and there was a nice Mac run that was called back on penalties. Mariota made a nice throw on the run. A couple of Henry runs for nine yards, eight yards, twelve yards. Tennessee touchdown. Indy was really sloppy to start their drive. They picked up a third and seven though on a questionable PI call. Brissette had an. Awesome run on a 3rd and 7 At their own 42 It looked like it was going to be a 7 or 8 yard loss He broke tackles and then he picked up a first down It was 3rd and 15 Brissett throws a strike to T.Y. Hilton They had plays of 19 yards, 10 yards, 15 yards No gain And then a 12 yard touchdown 5 plays in a row And then a Vinatieri mixed extra point They're up 13-7 with 8 minutes left In the second quarter, Colts Mariota goes scrambling And uh, he goes airborne to pick up a first down But a holding penalty negates the, that first down Next play, sack, fumble Lose 13 yards Colts get the ball back Brissett throws an interception It was just a bad throw behind the receiver they Brissette low pass We're 13-7 at halftime Colts get the ball out of the half It's 3 and out Quick Tennessee drive forty yard, uh, 42 yards, four plays for a touchdown Now it's 14-13 Tennessee Indy starts driving Percet fumbles It was a weird play His arm was going forward But it was almost like the ball like, got stuck in his hand He pulled it back Titans recover it at, at the Indy 45 It just didn't look like a fumble They end up kicking a 49-yard field goal So it's 17-13 with 4.35 left in the go ten, uh, Left to go in the third quarter Tennessee's got the lead the first play for the Colts It's almost an interception for Tennessee And the Colts have to punt again Tennessee has all the momentum in the world Henry with a couple of big runs 18 yards, 11 yards And then Mariota gets sacked on a third and five And because he gets sacked A field goal ends up having to be a little bit farther Than they wanted And it's 45 yards and they miss the field goal Now it's three and out For the Colts again Percet avoids a sack Tennessee gets the ball back, Marriott has a bad Miss, almost interception Colts get the ball With 6.41 to go At their own 31, and they go on a drive On the third play A 55 yard touchdown For Wilkins A 55 yards to Wilkins And then a touchdown on the next play And then Vinatieri again Misses the extra point Titans get the ball with 4 minutes and 38 seconds left Incomplete pass, incomplete pass 9 yard gain so it's 4th and 1 And then they have to, They get a delay of game They have to punt on 4th and 1 3rd and 8 for the Colts Brissett with a big scramble He comes up a little short It's 4th and 1 On their own 35 And you know what Frank Reich's going to do He's going to go for it QB sneak, the Colts get it Able to run out a little more clock They punt back to the Titans with a minute 7 left No timeouts for Tennessee They go 4 yard pass to Delaney Walker Mariota with a 15 yard scramble It's 4th and 2 They have to clock the ball a couple times Just really bad clock management Incomplete pass on 4th and 2 Vinatieri with 2 missed extra points in here The Titans were 1 for 10 on 3rd downs And 0 for 1 on 4th down And the Colts were 7 for 14 And 1 for 1 on 4th Brissett made some big plays when he had to The Colts won this game on the road they had two turnovers and missed two extra points And they still won on the road 19-17 Texans-Jags Texans 13, Jags 12 Gardner-Minshew Jags picked up a first down Then a, a Minshew sack to start to, So they had a punt Texans went 3 and out Minshew just misses Shark On what would have been a big play into the Texan territory Jags have to punt Texans go on a 15-play, 71-yard drive They pick up six first downs They kick a 39-yard field goal up 3 nothing. Jalen Ramsey A lot of buzz and news about him He was very upset on the sideline He was being taken off of shadowing He was upset about the coverage He wanted to be on man-to-man Not in as much zone Third and nine for the Jags Minshew with a 21-yard scramble So they're moving the ball But then the next play, sack, fumble but the Jags get it back A punt, Houston punts Jags punt Minshew, he misses Fournette on 3rd down So he's a, a little off early Houston punts and Then the Jags have a nice drive Minshew fumbles But it's recovered by the Jags It's a 10 play 47 yard drive Shark nearly breaks A run for a TD Fournette almost breaks one It's 3-3 With 3.17 to go in the half after the Jags field goal 3rd and 16 for Houston On their own 33 with 2 minutes left to go in the half And Watson, he makes a pass And they just lean forward for the first down It was a really huge play in the game on 3rd and 16 Now it's 3rd and 5 from the 46 Hopkins gets 6 for the first down Watson gets away from a sack instead of a 10-yard loss, turns it into a 4-yard gain. Next play, Watson throws a strike to Stills for 31 yards. They get down to the 5-yard line, it is first and goal with 9 seconds. Watson scrambles, only 2 seconds left. They kick a field goal, 6-3. Houston at the half. Hyde was running the ball okay. Watson he dropped the ball. And he falls on it. It's second and six. Now we come out of the out of the half. So he, he bobbles the ball, falls on it. Then the next play bounces off of his leg. It gets kicked around. The Jags just missed picking it up. So there were two opportunities there where Jacksonville could have come away with a turnover right in Houston territory. Houston has to punt. Jags get the ball, they punt with seven forty nine left in the third on their own twenty-one. A pass is intended for Hopkins. And Ramsey drops an interception I mean if he He had it in his hands He was moving This would have been a pick 6 the other way And would have put the Jags on top Completely drops it At the very least they're in field goal range Jags get a 1st and 10 at the 50 It's 3rd and 1 at the Houston 44 Fournette gets it Holding False start Now it's 3rd and 16 it Goes from 3rd and 1 He gets it, then a holding penalty and a false start Now they're back to 3rd and 16 Here are the drives to start the second half Houston punt, Jags punt, Houston punt Jags punt, Houston punt Jags fumble Not a lot of pretty football Minshew with a nice pass to Shark Holding, it was taken back It was a really late flag too Then Minshew gets sacked and he fumbles it Houston ball at the Jags 11 yard line They have a 4th and 1 At the 2 yard line Watson gets in with a TD run So now it's 13-3 Houston with eleven thirty five left It's the first touchdown of the game 3rd and 9 for the Jags They're on their own 26 And Minshew makes a great play 31-yard pass to Connolly. Next play, 29-yard pass to Westbrook They call OPI Another offensive pass interference They challenged the play And the play was upheld And it was questionable I do not think this was OPI Fournette with a couple good looks out of the backfield, 20 yard pass, 13 yard pass. First and 10 at the Houston 20, holding another check down to Fournette. They kick a field goal. The Jags are down 13 6 with 6.01 left. Watson picks up a first down pass on third and nine, a 14 yard pass, but then a tripping penalty negates it. So with 3.36 left. The Jags get the ball on their own 32 down 13-6 to It's 4th and 1 at the 41 Fournette just gets it I mean this was close I don't even know if he got it It was really tight Good spot 3rd and 9 on their own 43 They get 12 yards on a pass Next play 14 yard pass to Shark Missed pass to Westbrook It's 3rd and 10 Conley Drops a first down 4th and 10 now Minshew scrambles for 18 yards They're down to the Houston 13 yard line With 43 seconds left to go And no timeouts They had a TD pass to Shark They go for 2 uh, Unbelievable And they hand the ball off to Fournette He gets to the 1 inch line I thought I thought he did get in And I thought on the 4th and 1 earlier in the game He didn't get that I love the call to go for 2 though I just didn't love the play call Minshew had been rolling, moving you down the field. He was really starting to get into a groove. Let him roll outside. Give him the option to throw because he he was leading the he led the team in rushing. I like these Jags. I do. I Think they got a big shot this this week on Thursday night. We're gonna do a preview for the uh, the Jags Titan games when we finish up with the recaps. Patriots forty three, Dolphins nothing. Uh, you've heard some of the. All time bad stats about the Dolphins And their start And honestly, the Patriots didn't really even look that good In this game, they're trying to incorporate Antonio Brown into the mix The Right off the bat, the Dolphins drop a pass Patriots go on a 10 play, 60 yard touchdown drive They're up 7-0 seven with 7.46 left Miami's best drive Of the half was a 7 play, 22 yard Drive that ended in a punt And the Pats punt Miami goes 3 plays Uh, They had a 4th and 1 on their own 17 They punt And then Antonio Brown Starts to get into the mix The Pats miss A 48 yard field goal With 8.22 left in the second quarter It's still 7-0 Dolphins deep pass to Parker He catches it but it's broken up When he's trying to come down with it Pats get the ball at 7.30 uh, With 7.30 left in the second quarter They're sacked, they lose 7 yards Then Brady throws it away There's a big 3rd down And Dorsett makes a diving catch An 18 yard catch on 3rd and 17 This was all part of an 11 play 65 yard touchdown drive Then a nice back shoulder Touchdown pass to Antonio Brown AB pushed off They didn't call it And then the Pats miss the extra point So now it's 13-0 It's only 13-0 at the half then the Patriots punt on their first drive of the third quarter. It's still just 13 0. Miami ball with 12.45 left in the third quarter. Fitzpatrick tries to force one in, and the Patriots intercept it. They get the ball to Miami 36, and then incomplete pass and in a sack, and it's third and 12. Like, this is sloppy play for the Patriots. They can't play like this against better teams. Miss field goal, miss extra point. Uh some penalties, 5 penalties, 4 yards, 54 yards They gave up a couple of sacks, they had a fumble They got 2 pick 6's in this game Brady was almost picked off in the end zone looking for AB again After a field goal they got up 16-0 Dolphins 3 and out And then the Patriots drive 8 plays, 65 yards and touchdown Miami actually challenged and won an OPI call not An OPI non-call Another New England had a false start from the one Before they end up scoring But those are the things they can't do Against better teams And maybe it's just slop Because you're not really being pushed against Miami But there was another Patriots OPI penalty And then a Patriots holding penalty On one drive they gave up Two sacks The next drive for Miami Miami gave up two sacks and an incomplete pass So this wasn't a beautiful football game By any means with 10.45 left to go in the game Miami had 2 plays of 10 or more yards and Then Josh Rosen came into the game He had turned the ball over On downs a couple times He almost throws an interception He was sacked a couple times He just wasn't really given an opportunity Pats 43 Dolphins 0 Bills 28, Giants 14 Giants drove right down First drive, 5 plays, 75 yards Then a touchdown 6 yard run, 20 yard run Reverse, 14-yard run, 8-yard run, 27-yard run, boom, they're up 7 nothing With twelve thirty-six left in the first quarter Then a Buffalo 3 and out, they have to punt So the Giants, they get the ball They're up 7 nothing. good drive It's 2nd and 5, and then Eli overthrows Ingram It would have been at least 15 yards and a first down They blow a chance to be at midfield First down at midfield with a chance to go up 2 scores on this team and then the next play, false start Now it's 3rd and 10 Then Eli misses what would have been a tough completion And they have to punt Bills get the ball They go on a long touchdown drive 10 plays, 75 yards for a touchdown It's a 3rd and 4 And Cole Beasley makes a good diving catch To bail out Josh Allen And they keep the drive alive Next play, right after, right after that big 3rd down play Next play, pass to McKenzie for 26 yards Allen had a couple big scrambles in the red zone, touchdown run, 7-7, 3:43 left in the first quarter. Benny Fowler was targeted a lot for the Giants, but he did have a uh, some drops and a dropped punt here. But the and the Bills go 11 plays, 70 yards and a touchdown drive. Allen with a nice throw on the run for 18 yards, but then right after he does a, something great, he makes a bad Play afterwards, he overthrows the Wide open Brown for a touchdown but Then 3rd and 6, a slant to Brown 3rd and 10 to Colt Beasley Singletary Touchdown run, 14 yards 13:24 left in the second Quarter, Giants get the ball Back, Eli, another pass Deflected, lots of passes deflected The Bills get the ball starting On their own 2 yard line They go 7 plays, 98 Yards and a touchdown drive And see how big it was that the Giants could not get up by another score Early on Bills with a 15 yard pass 9 yard pass, 14 yard pass 51 yard pass, 14 yard TD pitch These are the drives that show Allen's ability he Also had a 17 yard run Negated by a penalty 21-7 Buffalo, 7.30 left to go in the half So the Giants are down 21-7, they go on a 14 play 57 yard touchdown drive Eli With a Deflected pass The good throw to Fowler The 10 yard line But Fowler gets lit up And dropped it And so with 154 in the half They attempt a field goal So that 14 play 57 yard drive That they're hoping to end in a touchdown No touchdown They're hoping to end in a field goal Roses, who's made 20 in a row He misses from 48 yards So they're still down 21-7 The Bills punt The Giants get the ball They return it back to the 33 First down pass To the 21 yard line with 50 seconds left Manning again Gets a pass deflected for a Bills interception So you have a nice drive Your solid field goal Kicker misses a field goal You get the ball back Good return You're down To the 21 yard line And you throw an interception So When you're down 21-7 The Giants got the ball Five times Missed a field goal, interception Punt Punt And then they scored It took them five times to get a score When they were down 21-7 They had an opportunity when they were up 7-0 To Widen the margin The Giants were just hurting themselves With bad plays by Eli And penalties had four punts on bad drives for the Bills, and they just couldn't do anything. With 3:13, the Giants got the ball down 21-7. Now they go 12 plays, 76 yards for a touchdown. A couple passes to Fowler, big fourth and two at the Buffalo 15. They pick it up on a slant, and then a really nice touchdown pass from Eli to Jones. 21-14 with 11:56 left, but an immediate 13-play, 75-yard Buffalo drive response. With some Josh Allen passing A Singletary run An Allen scramble Allen passed, it's nearly intercepted It's 3rd and 6 Nearly gets sacked, Allen rolls out He hits John Brown for a 17 yard first down Singletary 20 yard run It's 3rd and goal, the Bills don't get it They gotta kick a field goal They're up 24-14 But a personal foul On the defense Automatic first down Negates the field goal Two plays later, a touchdown Instead of 24-14 Bills are up 28-14 with 5.53 left And then Eli with a couple of awful throws An almost interception, a bad miss And then a turnover on downs You look back through this game Two turnovers for the Giants A couple big penalties, 19 missed passes And they couldn't get up by 10-14 to 14 points Eli misses, Eli deflections That's why Eli Manning will not be starting this week Seattle-Pittsburgh Seattle 28, Pittsburgh 26 Started the game with a 3 and out for Pitt Wilson Starting to find a nice target in Metcalf A couple back-to-back uh, how about Back-to-back back-shoulder throws to Metcalf and then a the Pittsburgh sack Seattle punt Ben just did not look good early He looked heavy, he looked slow His throws were off Seattle trying to establish their main man with the run with Chris Carson. He breaks a 21-yard run but an illegal block and a holding, they just couldn't get anything going. Wilson was sacked 3 times in the first two drives. In the first two drives, they had Seattle had two penalties, three sacks and not a whole lot of success. Benny Snell Jr. with a nice third down run for 23 yards for Pittsburgh. But between the two teams, five straight punts to start the game. Three punts for Pittsburgh, two for Seattle Then you get a Chris Carson fumble That Pitt returns back for a touchdown But the touchdown is Negated because of a block in the back on the Return, so it's Pitt first and Ten at the Seattle 22 After a pass interference In the end zone The ruling was challenged and it stands James Conner with a TD Pittsburgh's up 7-0 with 14-44 Left in the first half They continue to Feed Chris Carson who just has an okay game With a couple of, of big fumbles But he didn't, doesn't make a big play late for Seattle uh, And a nice Seattle drive They go 12 place, 75 yards And score a touchdown And then you have Rashad Penny with a, a couple decent runs Pitt Stopped on the third And one from the 26 They force a Seattle Field goal attempt But then a pit unnecessary roughness play Gives Seattle the ball back Next play, touchdown, 7-7 tied up An ugly Steelers drive Third three and out Wilson gets sacked again Pittsburgh gets a little bit of momentum Three straight completions Then a near touchdown diving catch Out of bounds for Juju Pittsburgh field goal, they get up 10-7 with 228 left Then another Seattle penalty Malik Turner with a nice catch and run He had a couple catches, three for 54 yards OPI, OPI is all over the place OPI penalty pushes Seattle back And a face mask penalty They end up missing a 58 yard field goal To end the half Lockett though goes much more involved In in this game and in the short game In particular he had 10 catches for 79 yards 10 catches on 12 targets And a great game for Wilson 29 for 35, 300 yards And 3 touchdowns, Metcalf 3 receptions for 61 yards But they were looking his way quite a bit 10-7 10-7 pit at the half You're starting to see ProSize and Penny Getting a little bit of run Then they get back to Carson to start the second half 3 and out for Seattle And Big Ben is out of the game Mason Rudolph is in for Pittsburgh to start The 3rd and 8 He hits Moncrief right in the hands It bounces off of Moncrief's chest Into the arms of a Pittsburgh uh, Into the arms of a Seattle defender For an interception I like Metcalf man He looks good, he has size Wilson likes him This was a stat from Fantasy Pros 52.8% of the air yards Are headed Are going to Metcalf right now For Seattle Last year Julio Jones led the NFL With 45% of the air yards For his team So he is getting a ton of air yards early on Nice touchdown drive Off the interception Seattle goes up 14-10 A couple nice passes to the tight ends for Seattle Then if Pittsburgh gets the ball You get a flea flicker Throw from Rudolph to Juju for 45 yards And a Pittsburgh field goal Makes it 14-13 With 6.21 left in the third Seattle responds With an excellent drive 8 yard pass to Carson 7 yard pass to Lockett 5 yard rush with Carson 10 yard pass to Carson 5 yard pass to Lockett 37 yard TD run for Penny And it's 21-13 Seattle with 2.50 left in the third You know Rudolph looks fine He missed his first three throws, then he completed nine in a row He scrambled for a seven-yard first down run They put together a nice drive But then he had a bad throw on the two-point conversion attempt So it's 21-19 Seattle with 11-16 left to go in the game Seattle starts driving They challenge a non-PI call and they win the challenge And it ends up a 38-yard penalty They get down to third and three DK Metcalf with a 28-yard penalty Touchdown pass It's 28-19 Seattle With seven, fifteen left This is their third consecutive Touchdown drive after that slow start Where they went punt, punt, fumble Not a great drive For Rudolph next up After a first down He looked a little bit off He missed uh, 3 throws in a row They punt back to Seattle With five, fifty left They're down 28-19 Seattle gets the ball first and 10 On their own 11 and then Carson fumbles it. it The handoff hits him right in the chest Pitt returns the fumble to the 3 yard line Guess what, next play Touchdown, 28-26 Seattle With 5.34 left Seattle gets the ball Wilson starts to take over to end the game A Disley pass for a first down Another Disley pass, a lock at first down And then Wilson with a first down run For 10 yards a nine yard run, and then a 15 yard run on third and 16. It's fourth and one. They bring Carson back in. They go to Carson. He picks up two. Victory formation for Seattle. They had 425 total yards to Pittsburgh's 260. They ran 72 total plays to Pittsburgh's 51. They had 274 yard passing to Pittsburgh's 180. They had 150 yards rushing to Pittsburgh's 81. But they had more penalties That's what kept them in the game The penalties and the crucial turnovers Those big fumbles 2 turnovers And 10 penalties For 90 plus yards for Seattle They have got to clean that up Packers 21 Vikings 16 First play of the game for Green Bay Was a 39 yard pass To Adams Aaron Jones in goes for 6 yards Aaron Jones in for 15 Jamal Williams with a 15 yard pass 4 plays, 75 yards Green Bay's up 7-0 With 12.50 left to go in the first quarter Cook Dalvin Cook He might be running Better than anybody in the NFL right now He looks healthy Cousins makes a nice play To avoid a sack And uh, Pick up a throw And uh Pick up a throw for 20 The Vikings missed a 47 yard field goal Green Bay gets the ball It's 3rd and 6 They pick up the first down on a 14 yard pass 3rd and 5 21 yard pass to Adams 3rd and 4 6 yards to Adams And then a 12 yard TD pass So picking up a couple big 3rd downs on that drive 12 yard pass to Allison And now all of a sudden It looks like Minnesota Is in the same boat that they We're on the opposite side of last week. They put their their foot on the Falcons early, and all of a sudden now they're down 14 0. It's third and seven at the Minnesota. uh, Third and seven for Minnesota. Cousins is scrambling. He scrambles for 11 yards, but he fumbles at the end of the play. And it was very lucky to be recovered by the Vikings. Next play sacked, fumble. Green Bay gets the ball at the Minnesota 33. Four plays, 33 yards, and a touchdown. Start the second quarter. Fourteen minutes left. Green Bay's up twenty-one, nothing. But then two plays later, Dalvin Cook, seventy-five-yard touchdown run, cuts into that twenty-one, zero lead. Now it's twenty-one-seven. Green Bay's moving the ball well again, but they fumble the ball at the Vikings' thirty-six. And Cousins was just awful. He was overthrowing. He was waiting too long. It was a little high to digs. Just. Not good Green Bay missed a long uh, pass to Adams And then Cousins Throws into major traffic Behind Diggs Deflected and intercepted for Green Bay At the Minnesota 47 uh, Intercepted for Green Bay They're uh, Later on the drive They're at the Minnesota 47 It's 3rd and 1 And then 4th They're both unsuccessful Cousins is like falling down He's almost wrapped up He gets a pass to a receiver who takes a screen 66 yards to the three-yard line. Next play, the Vikings scored a touchdown. It's nullified by OPI, a bad call. He just missed digs on another touchdown. Then he overthrows Rudolph, so they have to kick a field goal. It's 21-10 Vikings with 50 se- 50 seconds left in the half. Another Vikings offensive pass interference. Cousins almost was sacked to start the third quarter. Rodgers makes a nice throw. He looked like his hand was hurting a little bit though He was kind of shaking his hand a little bit A couple of plays later, Rodgers fumbles a snap And Minnesota recovers at the Green Bay 42 Another Minnesota offensive pass interference Vikings have a 45-yard touchdown pass to Diggs It is almost picked off Then there's a penalty on Diggs So the the extra point is longer And it ends up getting blocked Now it's 21-16 with nine twelve left to go in the third That's the last score of the game That's the final score of the game 3rd and 7 for Green Bay at the 50, they get sacked, they lose 10 yards Cousins with a nice throw on 3rd and 4 for 30 yards Gets to the Green Bay 41 The a holding penalty The Vikings punt So after the Vikings scored With 9-12 left in the 3rd Green Bay punt, Vikings punt, Green Bay punt, Vikings punt Green Bay punt, Vikings interception, Green Bay punt, Vikings punt Green Bay punt, Vikings, punt, Bay punt, Vikings, punt, Bay punt, Vikings fumble to end the game at the end of the game not a lot. There's a deep pass to Valdez-Scanling that just missed. A deep pass from Cousins to Diggs. It dives, but it's just out of his reach. Another OPI, this one for Green Bay. How many offensive pass interference calls are we going to see? Vikings sack Rodgers. They they're running the ball well, though, with Cook and with Madison. Both. Their, their, their pass game with Cousins looks hideous. Cousins avoids a sack, though. He, he's able. He's a little wiry. He's able to get away from sacks every now and then. He picked up six yards. It's first and goal for the Vikings. They're at the eight yard line. Then Cousins with an awful, like Hail Mary type lob to Diggs with three defenders around for an interception. Green Bay gets the ball. A couple nice plays from Rodgers, but the passes are broken up by good defensive plays from Minnesota. Cousins with another bad throw. The Packers drop what should have been an interception. Vikings have to punt back at 3 14. Jones picks up a first down of 13 yards. Rodgers with a first down pass to Adams. They run the ball down to 14 seconds and they punt it. The Vikings get the ball back with six seconds left. Vikings had four turnovers to Green Bay's two. And Green Bay had the time of possession for 34 minutes compared to 20, just under 26. For the Vikings. So we're in the middle of the football recaps. I'm sure a lot of you like football. You probably like to gamble. You probably play some fantasy sports, right? So just stop right now. Go to thrivefantasy.com or download the Thrive Fantasy app. It's basically DFS. If you've played DraftKings, if you've played uh, FanDuel, but there's a difference with Thrive Fantasy. You build a lineup based around props You're not picking players For each position You're picking off of a list of props You pick 10 of the 20 props And you see which ones you think will go over or under Even if this is something that You're thinking about and you're like Eh maybe Here's why you should try it Because if you go right now Sign up and use the promo code GINO G-I-N-O When you deposit 10 bucks You get a $10 bonus So go right now Download the Thrive Fantasy app, sign up, use the promo code GINO, deposit $10, bucks. you will get an extra $10 bonus, and you'll have $20 in there to go mess around and see if you like it. Give it a try. I've been playing in it now for the last couple of weeks. If you like DFS, if you're a gambler, if you like football, if you like any sports at all, there's more than sports, there's esports in there, baseball, all sorts of different sports, check it out. But remember, make sure to use that promo code GINO if you want to get The $10 bonus. So thrivefantasy.com or the Thrive Fantasy app. Use that promo code GINO. So I'd say probably the most surprising team through two weeks would have to be in this next game. 49ers 41, Bengals 17. Go on the road. Back to back weeks to kick off your season And after Jimmy G did not look good in week 1 He looked much better in week 2 Right off the bat You know it's not going to be a good start When you have a penalty on the kick return Since he returns the kick Holding 10 yard penalty Nice start First play Dalton sacked Next play Dalton fumbles the ball Gets it back 3 and out Bengals punt So you have a penalty a sack, a fumble, get it back within four plays. And then San Francisco, they just look like a they look like a buzzsaw. Six yard run. Samuel, six yard run. Third and two, they get a first down. Next play, wide open touchdown pass to Marquise Goodwin, complete blown coverage. 7-0. San Francisco with the eleven twenty-one 21 left in the first. 47-yard pass to Boyd, then a 3rd-and-7, Boyd first down. Tyler Eifert, short touchdown pass. he quick strike back, 7-7, seven, seven, 643 left in the quarter. And then Jimmy G wasn't instantly good. He, he took him a little bit to get warmed up. High throw, then a good throw. Then he avoided a 7-yard loss for a positive gain. Then he had a 9-yard scramble. Then we got a Moser- uh, screen pass for 39 yards All of a sudden it's 14-7 San Fran With 2.36 left in the quarter Bengals punt 49ers Penalty incomplete pass Penalty interception on a bad Jimmy G throw And so since he gets the ball Dalton Passes but he's beyond the line Of scrimmage and that ends up Hurting The Bengals they end up missing A 52 yard field goal and then anytime something bad happens, just a couple plays later, Breda breaks a, breaks a big run, 34 yards, 49ers touchdown. Now all of a sudden it's 21-7. Instead of 14-10, if you kick that field goal, now it's 21-7. 4 left in the half. Uh, Dalton throws what would have been a pick six. It was dropped. And then the defensive player kicks the ball. It's a penalty. 3rd and 2, big play for John Ross. They end up kicking a field goal from 37 yards. It's 21-10 with 6.57 left in the half. So they're trying to hang around. But then Jimmy G. Samuels for a 38 yard, for 38 yards. Then a touchdown to Moser that gets called back for holding. And instead of a touchdown, it ends up 3rd and 12 at the 39. And they have to punt it. They end up punting to the 1. And another near Dalton interception. Overall, he didn't look bad, but it was just Jekyll Hyde. Like good throw, bad throw, good throw, bad. Not just bad overall, but just very inconsistent. Um, He had a really bad interception on the run. So it's first down for San Francisco on their own 33. A drop pass for a first down by Samuel, but, but a nice field goal drive puts him up 24 10 at the half. First play of the third quarter. 39 yard pass to Samuel, a strong Touchdown drive by San Fran 7 plays, 75 yards Touchdown, they're up 31-10 to 10. And Then a couple sacks by San Fran on the next drive Cincinnati's Defensive front supposed to be Okay, they're not getting any Pressure on Jimmy G at all This was just a beatdown by San Francisco They kick another field goal And they're up 34-10 With 434 left in the third And it's a 41-17 final Garbage late touchdown uh, To John Ross with 45 seconds left But when you look at this one San Fran had 27 first downs Since he had 14 San Fran had 527 Total yards Cincinnati had 316 San Fran had 8.4 8.4 yards per play. Cincinnati was 4.9, and the rushing yards 259 for San Fran, 25 for Cincinnati. They have got to run the ball better if they want to have any chance and be competitive at all. Cowboys, Redskins. Cowboys have looked very good through two games. They win this one 31-21. Uh, the first play was a for Washington was a long pass to. McLaren was almost an interception uh, Washington punted Dallas punted Washington punted and then Chris Thompson looked pretty good early With a, a couple catches he Ended up with 5 receptions for 48 yards And a couple carries Dak He eluded a sack uh, but he threw behind a wide receiver. The ball ended up being tipped and intercepted. Washington gets the ball at Dallas 38. and That was one of the few mistakes, even though it really wasn't 100% Dak's fault. Still was a little off on that throw. But he finished 26 for 30 for 269 yards, three touchdowns, that interception. He had five carries for 69 yards and a 42-yard run. He hit Gallup Six times for 78 yards Devin Smith had a touchdown Amari had four receptions and a touchdown And Witten had four receptions and a touchdown Cobb had five receptions So really spreading it around Don't forget about Zeke who had a couple receptions And his 23 carries for 111 yards The a third and two For Washington They complete a pass to AP To the one for a first down And then Adrian Peterson rushing Touchdown 7-0 Washington goes up with a uh, To start the second quarter, 14-15 left in the second Mari Cooper had a drop, then Dak got sacked And Peterson was running well early on After back-to-back Dallas penalties, Washington got down to the Dallas 42 But then a big, big sack for Dallas A loss of 13 forced a Washington punt Dallas went on a 7-play, 97-yard touchdown drive And ended up with a Devin Smith 51-yard touchdown on his first catch of the year Extra point, doinks off the side and in 7-7 seven, seven with 6-10 left in the half Washington 3 and out And then Dak misses a wide open gallop It's 3rd and 8 They hit Cobb for a first down And then Dak 3rd and 1 Keeper run for 42 yards 3rd and goal from the 5 of Washington They stop Dallas But then a defensive holding Automatic first down for Dallas Next play, you know what happens folks Touchdown Dallas, 14-7 They go up with 9 seconds left to go In the half Starting at 9 minutes and 44 seconds left to go In the second quarter Dallas Their drives For the rest of the game 7 plays, 97 yards, touchdown 11 plays, 83 yards, touchdown 9 plays, 75 yards, touchdown 11 plays, 68 yards, field goal 10 plays, 54 yards, touchdown And then at the end of the game They had the ball for 6 plays and 45 yards They get a Cooper touchdown to go up 21-7 With 9.58 in the third And the Cowboys really turned up the defensive pressure In the second half Washington still was able to go on a on a drive, uh, 11 plays, 75 yards They score a touchdown for Paul Richardson, 9 yards So it's 21-14 with 4.30 left in the third quarter Dallas With a quick answer They get down to the 3-yard line uh, They score a touchdown that gets called back for holding Washington's able to force a field goal from Dallas And then uh, Dallas Offensive holding False start And an illegal block so the field goal for Dallas, 13-51 left, it's 24-14. Watching this game, man, Terry McLaren is good. He had five receptions for 62 yards and then a touchdown on nine targets. He seems like he gets open quite a bit. Dallas dropped an intersection, uh, interception, they bobbled it. It was an easy catch by the Dallas defender, and Washington ends up turning it over on downs. And then Dallas with the TKO. 5.07 left. They get up 31 14. Washington scores a late touchdown. 11 plays, 75 yards. McLaren with a back shoulder touchdown catch. Uh, Dak picks up a first down running. Zeke picks up 27 yards on the final run of the game. Third downs Dallas, 7 of 11. Washington, 2 of 11. Cowboys get the win 31 21. Ravens, Arizona, Lamar Jackson. Gave you that stat early, earlier His 270 yards passing And 120 yards rushing And Mark Andrews Major target for him He had 112 yards receiving on 8 receptions And a touchdown Marquise Brown Instead of the big plays He was more involved this week But for less yardage He had 8 receptions for 86 yards On 13 targets So he's more than just a big play guy Right off the bat we get a Punt from Zona and Baltimore We're starting to see this side of Lamar Where he's able to throw the ball Just more than we all expected Throw to Brown 19 yard run uh, 3 throws to Brown On the first drive Mark Andrews with the 27 yard Touchdown catch And a really nice drive uh, And a touchdown and Really nice play design 7 plays, 94 yards and a touchdown And it's 7-0 Baltimore And Arizona goes three and out. Murray's not ready for the snap. It's fourth and and then on a fourth and three, Baltimore overthrows. Uh, Jackson overthrows. Larry Fitz, Murray's having him look a little youthful. Back to back catches for Fitz early on, and then a thirty four yard pass to Christian Kirk. It's third and one for Arizona. They have to end up kick. Uh, they end up having to kick a field goal from the four yard line. Seven three, with two eighteen in the first. Lamar. Almost throws an interception when driving to start the second quarter. Baltimore ends up kicking a field goal on that drive, ten three with fourteen minutes left in the half. Kyler with a, a nice couple of throws, then a sack. He just looks like a rookie. He makes a good play or two and then kind of takes a step back. But he does he's he's better already than I than I maybe ever thought he was ever going to be. He's 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 good. He's got some ability. Fourth and one, Kyler scrambles, he gets it, but then the whistle blows. They called the a timeout. Like, I, the one thing I note I really notice when you watch these games is Kingsbury might be a good play caller but he is not a good head coach and that's why he, I don't think he succeeded as a head coach he we'll get to some of the other reasons why I mean but he just doesn't didn't seem to be in sync very well with with Kyler they still ended up getting the first then a 31yard pass to Johnson they Puts them at the Baltimore 10 It's 2nd and goal from the Baltimore 8 Then a false start So it's 2nd and goal from the 13 Now it's 3rd and goal from the 3 And they kick another field goal So they kick the field goal from the 4-yard line And now the 3-yard line Twice inside the 5-yard line They kicked field goals on 4th down It's 10-6 831 left in the half Baltimore drive 9 plays 85 yards They have a couple Lamar runs, 6 yards, 5 yards, 18 yards. Then a pass to Andrews for 24 yards. Ingram with a 12-yard pass. And then a uh, Baltimore touchdown, 17-6 with 345 left in the half. Arizona returner makes a bonehead play. He just steps out of bounds inadvertently at the 6-yard line. So it's a 3rd and 6 for Arizona. A big throw for Kyler. They hit the first down. Arizona has to punt. Then Baltimore has to punt. And a great throw and catch to Kirk for 24 yards, then a sack. So it's 17-6 at the half, Baltimore. Lamar starts to really get running. He runs away from pressure from 11 yards. He ran, ran really well and looked really fast, but they have to punt. And Zona, 9 plays, 81 yards, again, another field goal. A pass to Larry Fitz for 40 yards, Max Williams for 21 yards. It's first and goal from the 9, and then it's fourth and goal from the 5. They kick a field goal. Baltimore penalty makes it fourth and two. And they still kick a field goal. So the third time... Inside of the 5 yard line They kick a field goal again It's 17-9 with 9 minutes left to go In the 3rd quarter A horse collar tackle On what would have been 3rd and 10 Gives Baltimore an automatic first down At the Arizona 49 3rd and 7 Lamar with a strike to Andrews for 9 Another 3rd and 7 Andrews for 8 3rd and 20 Lamar runs for 19 yards So it's 4th and 1 At the 5 they're gonna go for it and they end up it's a delay of game, so they have to kick a field goal. So it's twenty to nine with fourteen fifty-six left. After a big pass from Kyler to Larry Fitz for fifty-four yards, sets up Arizona nicely wide open, blown coverage from Baltimore, a screen pass to Kirk, eighteen yards to the one, David Johnson touchdown and the two point conversion. All of a sudden it's just a three point game, twenty to seventeen with twelve fifty two left. With 9.50 left, a big overthrow from Lamar. He missed Andrews for what would have been a big play. And instead of that drive continuing, they kick a 51-yard field goal. 23-17 with 8.56 left. A sack for Baltimore and a pass breakup. Arizona has to punt it. Baltimore gets the ball. Lamar with a near interception. It was bobbled and then popped up. Another near interception. Baltimore ends up punting. Zona gets the ball with 3.48 left And they just can't do anything about it 3rd and 11 for Baltimore Uh, They're trying to run out the clock And they get a 41 yard pass To Marquise Hollywood Brown Baltimore 7 for 14 on 3rd down Made the big plays Zona just 2 for 11 You look at the time of possession Baltimore 37 minutes and 38 seconds To Arizona just 22-22 But Baltimore's 10 penalties Helped keep Arizona in the game And the fact that Arizona Was kicking field goals all game Instead of going for Going for it inside the 5 Ravens 23, Arizona 17 Rams Saints Rams 27, Saints 9 The big news out of this game obviously was Drew Brees With the injury and and he's going to be Out 6-8 to eight weeks They're saying probably week 11 is when they hope to get him back Teddy Bridgewater had to come in And We'll see. He's on paper one of the best backups in the league, and now with the the, re- the first team reps, I think he'll be serviceable. I think he'll be okay. Th- and the this next week might be a good week to play the Saints because there'll be a big overreaction on people thinking they'll take a step down, and maybe they do, but maybe they don't. Well, and, uh, and and it probably is worth a shot to give uh, to give Bridgewater at least a chance to. Have them be average He struggled a little early in this game though when he had to Come in, we'll get there in a sec uh, Right off the bat, nice catch from Traquan Smith uh, Second and six Jared Cook catch Hit, ball pops out, interception for the Rams So it's third and 16 for the Rams A 52 yard pass To Cooks, it sets up first and 10 from The New Orleans eleven. Second and two Penalty, forces the Rams back They end up having to kick a field goal from the five yard Line, it's 3 nothing. Rams 8-42 left in the first Saints punt, Cooks drop the ball Slightly high pass from Goff Rams with an ugly drive Breeze injury, Teddy Comes in with 329 in the first Teddy misses a a pass His first two drives uh, Just negative two yards Uh, His first two drives yeah, Negative two yards And then seven plays, 25 yards The Rams punt a bad punt, too, forty yards. The nineteen-yard return, nice catch by Cook on a third and a seven on a good pass from Teddy, and then a field goal from them. New Orleans makes it three-three with eleven uh, left in the half. The Rams go on a nice drive, lots of Cooper Cook, uh, Cooper Cup, Robert Woods draws a pass interference. Woods actually scores a touchdown, but has it called back due to a block in the back. It's third and seven. The ball gets knocked out of Goff's hands. The Saints pick up. Start running for a touchdown. It's an easy touchdown, but the refs had blown the whistle and the play dead. So another bad call penalty screws the Saints. Mike Pereira had mentioned he thought it was a huge mistake on the broadcast. It should have been 10-3 Saints with six minutes left in the half. Instead, the Saints have the ball, but it's first down on their own 13, and they're just unable to make much happen. They get stopped on a big fourth in one On the 48, the Rams get the ball They get to the forward yard line And they kick another field goal With 6 seconds left in the half So it's 6-3 Rams I don't understand in this particular case Why they didn't take a shot Because the Rams were getting the ball to start The second half also If you go for it on 4th and you don't get it With 6 seconds left You're going to get the ball to start the second half It's not like New Orleans has a chance to come back and score and then 3-and-out to start the second half. New Orleans goes on a 10-play, 37-yard drive. Kick a field goal at 6-6 with nine forty nine left in the third. And the Rams just look a bit off. But the nice thing about being a bit off for the Rams is that they're 2-0. Uh, big play for Woods on second and 20. He gets 19. Then a girly touchdown. The Rams are up 13-6 with five thirty nine left. After a big hit on Teddy, the ball comes out. New Orleans recovers. Next play, another sack. Then a big punt return for 32 yards That sets up a quick 2 yard pass To Cooks Now the Rams are up 20-6 to With a minute left in the third And that game completely changed On that Should have been touchdown Traquan Smith with a 28 yard pass From Teddy Teddy really did start to look better as the game went on A big uh, They set up for a field goal It was 29 And then it was a big uh, pass from Cup late For 66 yards Put him down at the one and a golf touchdown that got the Rams up twenty-seven to nine. KC twenty-eight, Raiders ten. This was a weird game because all of the scoring was early. Raiders were up ten nothing in the first quarter. Opening drive, ten plays, sixty-five yards, field goal. KC gets the ball first and ten. Three straight run. Uh, when when Oakland got the ball first and ten to start. Three straight runs with Jacobs. Fourth and one. They kick a field goal. So down in the in, in the red zone for the first time, run, run, run. Not really creative after driving the ball well. Kansas City punts. Mahomes with a rare miss. Card throws a deep pass when the Raiders get the ball back. Pass interference. Now it's first and goal from the 10. Third and goal, wide open touchdown pass The Raiders are up 10-0 with 4.46 left in the first quarter Mahomes with a nice third and six play for a first down But they have to punt again So KC punts it twice to start The Raiders get the ball back It's third and eight They challenge a pass interference call No change, they have to punt the ball After a dangerous pass for Mahomes That's a near interception Oakland gets hit with a roughing the passer call Start the second quarter, it's 10-0 Oakland First play of the quarter 44-yard touchdown From Mahomes to Robinson, wide, wide open Now it's 10-7 And then Jacob starts running well For a first down, then he loses a yard Carr scrambles, jumps, fumbles the ball out of bounds He just misses a first down and the Raiders have to punt it back 14 plays, 95 yards, touchdown for Kansas City They go 14 yards, Watkins, McCoy run, Kelsey, 15 yards 3rd and 9, Watkins, wide open first down 3rd and 7, Kelsey first down Just missed on a touchdown Then it's 3rd and 10 Another first down pass to Robinson, negated Now it's 3rd and 20, they throw a 42 yard touchdown it's just unbelievable what Mahomes does when it's third and long like this. He makes it so, he looks so easy. The Raiders get the ball. They have to punt it back. Lots of Kansas City penalties kind of keeping them hanging around. They start on their own six, back to their own five. Damian Williams, 32 yard pass. Robinson, 43 yards. Kelsey, 27 yards touchdown. All of a sudden, three touchdowns now in the second quarter, and it's 21 10 quickly. 141 left in the half Carr gets sacked Raiders fumble Then they recover They have to punt it back Kansas City gets the ball With 47 seconds left in the half First play 39 yard touchdown to Robertson They had 4 touchdowns in the second quarter 4 touchdowns from Pat Mahomes passing 5 straight completions over 30 yards 278 yards in the quarter 28-10 at the half 28-10 final I mean, the second half, Kansas City only had 130 yards Three punts, a fumble, and the end of the game drive Raiders just couldn't get up to spike the ball For a field goal attempt at the end of the half They were just a couple seconds off Could have given them a little bit of momentum They had the ball first and goal at the four And Carr threw an interception in the end zone Kansas City had 10 penalties for 114 yards Oakland had seven penalties for 52 yards, and Kansas City was 8-14 of 14 on third down. Oakland did well on third down, too, but it just seems like you look at these teams that win, you look at the good teams with the good quarterbacks, and they're just really good on third down. KC 28, Raiders 10. Bears 16, Denver 14. This was a defensive back-and-forth game. Uh, field goal on the opening drive for Denver. It was a third and nine for the Bears. Trubisky with a good throw deep pass to Cohen, and it was broken up by the defense, so... Bears had a punt. Denver punts after a 20-yard drive. Third and three, David Montgomery run, a nine-yard nine-yard run, seven-yard run. Bears end up kicking a 40-yard field goal, so it's 3-3 early. Flacco gets sacked, almost back-to-back sacks, and Denver punts. A 16-yard pass to Cohen. Trubisky overthrows Gabriel. It's second and 10. Trubisky scrambles for eight. On a fourth down, they kick a field goal. So it's 6 3 Bears with 5 10 left to go in the half after an opening field goal. Five straight punts for Denver. And Flacco with a near interception, 6 3 at the half. A couple of punts to start the second half, and then a 21 yard pass to Emmanuel Sanders. Sanders gets to the Chicago 42, but Denver can't do anything more. They end up having to punt. Bears go nine plays, 80 yards. Uh, Patterson with a 42 yard run. David Montgomery. With 7 touches on the drive 13-3 Bears with a minute 14 left in the third Looks like this game is over Bears up 2 scores with that defense Then Denver 24-yard pass 12-yard pass 7-yard pass 7-yard run 6-yard run A roughing the passer call Then Flacco misses 3 straight So Denver has to kick a field goal It's 13-6 With 13-37 Left in the game After that Broncos field goal Bears lead 13-6 Get a Broncos drive 16 plays 75 yards Freeman with 11 yards and then 14 yards It's 2nd and 4 at the 4 And Sanders couldn't Get into the corner so it's 3rd and 2 And then Flacco just throws a terrible interception With 445 left There's no reason to throw that It's 3rd and 2 They still have another play coming They could still take another shot It's right to the Chicago defender and the Bears are only able to run off a minute 57 They have to punt the ball back to Denver With 2.48 left Freeman for, with the 19 yard pass It's 4th and 10 at the Chicago 43 And Denver picks up 10 There's a 4th and 3 They get 5 It's 1st and goal at the 7 Touchdown, Emmanuel Sanders They The Broncos set up to go for 2 Trying to win the game They're down 13-12 They're going to try to win this game Take the lead. There's a penalty. A delay of game on the two-point conversion. It backs them up, so they try to kick the extra point. They miss the extra point. There's a penalty on Chicago for offsides. So it moves Denver back up. They decide to go for two again, and they get it. So now Denver is up 14-13 with 31 seconds left to go. Bears start on their own 25, and on the first play... A roughing the passer call And it was a bad call It moves him up to the 45 yard line Then an incomplete pass Too many men in the huddle It's 4th and 15 with 9 seconds to go At the Chicago 40 Trubisky scrambles He completes a 25 yard pass to Robinson Who somehow with 9 seconds left Scrambles Completes the pass Robinson catches Gets down and calls a timeout No freaking way 53-yard field goal for the Bears win In what was just a bizarre last few minutes of this game Denver had 27 first, down to the Bear, uh, first downs to the Bears 18 76 total plays for Denver to the Bears 56 372 total yards for Denver 273 for the Bears But Denver with 10 penalties for 81 yards And an interception on the 2-yard line Ugh. Falcons-Eagles Sunday night game Falcons 24, Eagles 20 Falcons got up early 3-0 With a 50-yard Bryant field goal Wentz was pressured He threw it away There was a penalty defensive holding for a first down Still Philly had to punt the ball Just a couple plays later Atlanta just Could not run the ball at all Really, these Both of these teams didn't run the ball at all 49 yards and 57 yards Rushing Matt Ryan, big theme of the night Missed throws and off Matt Ryan missed a throw, then Wentz threw behind a receiver, it almost sacked and threw an interception. Uh, Atlanta ball, they did nothing. Ryan with the pass too high for Julio. Philly kicks a field goal with 10:45 in the second. In a slow game, it's three-three in the second quarter. Ryan overthrows Sanu, then uh, then with a nice throw to Julio for 27. And then he overthrows Ridley for a touchdown He overthrows Hardy for a touchdown They have to kick a 50 yard field goal And it's no good Next play Wentz with a terrible pass And an interception Not great quarterback play here early on Atlanta goes on a drive And Ridley Gets some of the focus 15 yards, 12 yards And then a 34 yard touchdown It is 10-3 Atlanta with 4.56 left to go in the half And Philly's starting to get really banged up they have no Deshaun Jackson, no Jeffrey. Ertz is banged up. He comes in and out of the game. Aguilar is coming in and out of the game. And now Wentz is banged up. Matt Ryan with a bad throw to the uh, to a receiver, just able to tip it, interception, and it helps set up Philly for a field goal drive. And McCown comes in for a few plays when Wentz is hurt. It's ten six at the half, Atlanta. Philly fumbles the kickoff. So Atlanta starts at the Philly 33. The first play, 28 yard shovel pass to Freeman. Matt Ryan scrambles, throws behind Julio, but Julio makes a play 17 6 Atlanta with 13 23 in the third. Atlanta starting to pull away. Philly has to punt. Then Matt Ryan, you're up 17 6. You got all the momentum. He just throws the most unnecessary, awful interception. And it ends up first and 10 for Philly at the Atlanta 27. It's 4th and goal from the 4, Philly goes for it Score a touchdown, they go for 2 and they miss So it's 17-12, Atlanta's still up, 4.57 left in the 3rd After a screen pass from Atlanta and a fumble Sanu recovers it Ryan throws into double coverage Near interception, 2nd and 6 from Philly at the 8 Ryan throws into triple coverage Interception, just awful, awful again Philly can't capitalize. They punt. Atlanta punts. And then Philly goes on a 13 play, 73 yard drive where they get third and three with a 16 yard pass. Third and six with a 16 yard pass. Third and nine with a 17 yard pass. Third and one, they get two yards. Touchdown, two point conversion. 313 left to go in the game. Philly is up 20 to 17. Atlanta gets the ball. Freeman, nine yard pass. Incomplete to Sanu. Penalty on Philly for automatic first down And then an incomplete pass Sanu for 7 yards Incomplete to Freeman It is 4th and 3 They throw a screen to Julio Pick up a huge block 54 yards for the touchdown 2 minutes and 10 seconds left 24-10 Atlanta Aguilar streaking down the sideline Wide open Drops a pass that would have scored a touchdown And won the game for Philadelphia It's 3rd and 2, Sproles gets it It's 3rd and 10, Wentz gets sacked Now it's 4th and 14 And they make a great pitch and catch From Wentz to Aguilar for 43 yards So he redeems himself a little bit for that drop Philly gets down to the Atlanta 18 With a minute and 6 left And no timeouts It's 4th and 8 Philly gets 7 They have to measure it It is really close Great tackle on Ertz to end The game A 24-20 win Philly was 9 for 18 on third downs Atlanta had 3 interceptions 10 penalties And Philly had the ball for longer Atlanta was still able to win They did have more total yards 367 to the 286 for Philly final game of the week was the browns jets game and i'm really not going to spend a whole ton of time on this one because the browns win 23 to 3 it's just hard to really handicap a game where i'm watching simeon then falk the browns looked ugly that's that's the biggest takeaway i guess from this game is that the browns still look sloppy the one thing i will say is a positive when you have someone like odell beckham jr on your team whether or not this Browns team is good, they're still a little better than the Giants teams were the last few years. And so, as long as they're able to stay close, you have someone like Odell who can just break off a play like he did for 89 yards and a touchdown. Baker, he's got to, he's got to get in the uh, in the film room and start picking up these coverages a little bit better because he's getting a little blindsided. He's not really reading the defense very well right now. And they got to continue to feed Chubb a little more. 23 3. Hopefully, Sam Darnold will be back from the mono soon. Thursday night football. It is Titans at the Jags. And this line is Tennessee favored by one and a half or two. The over under is 39. Tennessee won at Cleveland Week 1, then they lost at home Against the Colts in a game Where the Colts made some mistakes And when you look at that Cleveland game Week 1, that was more About Cleveland being really sloppy And being penalized I still don't think Mariota's looked very good Both of these teams are going to Try to run the ball Tennessee can run the ball much better With Henry, but Hopefully Jacksonville can establish Fournette a little bit. He's been a little better out of the backfield catching passes this year. And Minshew can run the ball. He can scramble. And he really started to get going at the end of the week. The Jag- uh, At the end of the game last week, the Jags lost to Kansas City. And then they lost at Houston 13-12 in a game that they would have tied. But they went for two to try to win the game. They got to within the one-inch line before Fournette got stopped. What's going to be the, the feel... Of this game with Jalen Ramsey, all the trade talk He's been demanding a trade This might be the final game he plays for the Jags They have said he's going to play And maybe get traded as soon as Friday The Jags were able to Shut down DeAndre Hopkins And the Titans don't have any pass catchers Of that ability at all So, if I'm the Jags I think they're going to pack the box And they're going to make Mariota make a play on them, Force them to throw the ball on you and you have to think that that's probably what the Titans are going to do also Both of these teams have suspect groups of wide receivers One of the plays of the week for me is the Jags Look around for that plus two If you can get the plus one and a half Take it at home with the Jags and that good defense They should have won that game last week If Jalen Ramsey doesn't drop the interception They had an opportunity to pick up a couple fumbles late And then they had the chance to go for two and win a game I mean they had many chances to win that game And they really should have beaten Houston Last week The Jags At home against the Titans Play the Jags plus the two One and a half is fine You want to get at least a plus uh, One and a half to two there So it gives you an extra point And and, and the money line you, you might as well Because it will get you a, a little plus back So take the two points if you can get them And then Look around if you can get a nice little money line there For the Jags on Thursday night football Let's close things out with some Parks Racing One of the big reasons why I don't play a lot of parks Honestly is because it's really high takeout And I generally look on the big weekends like this So big weekend There are some stakes races We'll look But keep in mind you have a lot of options. We have a lot of options out there from wagering, from different horse racing, different places to play at, all sorts of different wagers now in different sports and fantasy, daily fantasy. Just don't, don't feel forced to play at places or to play a, a particular races where they're going to not give you a lot of your money back, right? High takeouts, they suck. Let's go to race eight at parks. Just talking to mention one horse in here. I absolutely love the seven, golden brown. Now this is the one hundred fifty thousand dollar parks dirt mile, and the obvious favorite is Coal Front. Worthy of a mention is Mono who is a great stakes winner, and is generally one that's in the mix in the exotics. Was a little overmatched in the Whitney last time Last out Figures Colefront, obvious one to beat The problem with Colefront though He's the Godolphin Mile winner Is that since winning that Godolphin Mile He came back and he ran in the Met Mile Which was a loaded group So no knocks in that Met Mile Where he's behind Mitole, McKinsey and Thunder, Snow Just a really really good group And then It's the last out race in the Monmouth Cup He gets the lead He's pressed by War Story, but he's three-quarters of a length clear, and he just got no response when he was asked. He was a well-beaten third that day. Play against Cole in here, and let's go to Golden Brown. So look at Golden Brown. In 2018, he won the Grade 3 Kent on the Grass. He tried the Haskell. He tried the Saranac, the Hill Prince. He was just not able to compete for the top prizes consistently. But he showed some ability He beat a horse named Carrick And after he beat Carrick Came back to win the grade, grade 1 out of there He's really Seemed to mature at 4 now Golden Brown Let's look at him since the start of the year May 11th he beat two next out winners Dark Templar won an optional uh, Non 2 and an optional non 3 Two in a row at Monmouth and Laurel Race Me Home Won a 16 claimer by 11 and a 20 claimer By 8 in the next two starts on June the 23rd it's on the grass At Monmouth He beats next out winner Love Is Your Name Who comes out of that race to win a first level Allowance right here at Parks by 8 And you see Love Is Your Name In the running lines on that August 25th race also On July the 6th Golden Brown comes back And wins another turf stakes as a heavy Favorite in nice form Then he heads up to Saratoga to tackle Tougher Look at the race on August the 2nd at Saratoga in the Alidar. He's behind Tom's Day Tot, who's multiple graded stakes placed. Wooderson, who came out of the Alidar to try the grade one Woodward. The fourth place finisher in that race was Backyard Heaven, who's a grade two winner. The sixth place finisher was You're to Blame, who's a graded stakes winner. Golden Brown finished in front of both of them. He had a slow start. He was eighth and ninth. He was about 15 lengths off of it at one point. He closed really well up the inside, he angled out in between He ends up winning the battle for third Top couple had just slipped away Golden Brown broke his maiden over this racetrack And when you look at who he competed with He just beat a couple graded stakes winners in that alley Dar Then he comes back on August the 25th at Monmouth Park he sits close from the inside. He's just behind the leaders. He's tucked in. He's waiting for room. He angles to the two path. He ends up in the 3-4 path at the top of the lane. He puts away the leader and he absolutely crushed. He's improving. He's peaking. He's only 4. He still can continue to step forward and look at it overall his career record. If you just put it a couple excuses and a couple lines through some of the races Last year where he just seemed a bit Overmatched and he wasn't even Crushed right if He's 4th and he's 5th and he's 5th in some of these races He's not running dead last And now he's grown up He looks a little bit better and you, you run through this field He should be half of his Price if he's 5 to 1 That's worthy of a Win wager for me Cole front's the one to beat But definitely worth taking a shot against in here The hopes Are on Diamond King Because Diamond King to the outside has speed and he should be pushing Cole Front early on. If Diamond King doesn't, Cole Front has every opportunity to take this field gate to wire, but he's shown he can get the lead and stop too. So Golden Brown is the play, the number seven, even if he's down to five to one. The ninth race is the Gallant Bob, six furlongs and. We'll go inside-outside quickly But I I really think there's a a standout in here War Toxin He just didn't have any apparent excuses in his last few And now he's going to step up and have the rail draw to deal with War Bridal If you're looking for a long shot I think it might be this guy Is he a little cheap? Sure but when you go through his career, he's run some decent races. He actually was behind maximum security in an optional claimer at Gulfstream earlier on in the year, and he's continued to, to progress. Why I like him a little bit in this spot from an underneath standpoint is he just should get a trip. Because look at all the horses do his outside, Trophy Chasers, pretty one dimensional with speed, or one of the you, you expect to be showing speed and close, strong will at speed, Bethlehem. Road wants to go, Landis Gog wants to go King Jack's going to be close Get hammered's going to be close, Bolton They're all going to be right there All of them So he sits right Because no, none of them really want to sit all that much Except for maybe King Jack So I think of, of the rest of this field Warbridle is one of a few Who should be mo- doing some of his best moving late When others are Probably backing up after uh, The battle or a a tough Trip that they've had early trying to to Press pace Trophy chaser was a good winner um, In his return to the races on August The 30th he was a step slow then he got to the lead From the inside without really being asked He just won from Off the bench at 7 furlongs and he's Coming back in 21 days That's my concern The quick return and the other speeds I would love to see just another week Week and a half from him so B is slightly against trophy chaser. If he can sit off a little bit though and maybe he isn't quite as fast as a couple of the other real fast sprinters in here and he might be able to fall into a nice spot. So a lot of it will have to do with trip. I just don't love him coming back so quickly. Strong will but the $775,000 purchase big speed Mountaineer last out, step slow, but then he moved up from the rail and he had to deal with pressure for almost a half mile. And then he shrugged that pressure off and he opened up to win by eight as the heavy, heavy chalk. Have to imagine Fordley placed in here for strong will. Bethlehem Road loves parks, stakes winner over this track, but his last few starts haven't been good. He's been well beaten in his last three. They've all been going longer. Now he cuts back. I mean, he, you could see him running better in this spot because it's back to a sprint where he's run well. Problem is, is, he hasn't shown the ability to come from off the pace. And I don't know if he's the quickest in here. So, what kind of trip do you project for Bethlehem Road? He showed speed from the inside. He cleared. He just was all in early last time out. I like the cutback. He loves the course, but can he pass horses? Can he sit? Landeskog is one of many who wanted the lead in his last start But he was able to work out a really nice trip Where he pressed just off nicely He moved to the lead at the top of the lane And then he held off Distinctive B Who's an older horse and who's grade 1 placed Landeskog figures in here But King Jack really should be tough Based on the way the race shapes up Won his first two starts very nicely And then he ran into Improbable last time out In a small field where Improbable just got a, a jump on him It was a good start for Jack He wanted to get off the rail He was third of four He was in the three path He was two off And then he took back a bit He was five off He tried to come get Improbable But he was just a little too far behind He was four lengths behind when the real running started He probably won't be able to bet much On him or in this race But King Jack is to me the standout Get hammered Okay He's putting two together Inside speed He was headed at the top of the lane at Canterbury But he was asked a little Responded, kicked clear to open up And put the field away And he ends up winning by 7 plus Yeah, Bulletin to the outside It's going to be his first start on the dirt He'll cut back Remember how impressive he was in his first few starts He won the Breeders' Cup Juvenile Turf Sprint He got the lead from the outside Going long He tired mid-stretch Now he cuts back Question mark on the dirt He's bred well for it I I just again A race that Has a lot of other speed That's why I think King Jack is just going to sit He His last race is deceiving too Because he has more speed than he showed But in this race I'm hoping he's just a few lengths off so let's go seven, King Jack. I have the seven on top of two, six, four, eight. War Bridal, Landis Strong Will, Get Hammered. I mean, Trophy Chaser, I wouldn't really talk you off including in there, but you just don't want to go ABC if you're playing exotic. So try to get the six into some of them. But I think uh, with the two, the, the seven is obviously the one to beat. So those would be the top three. Seven. 2, 6, and then 4, 8 If you want to go a little deeper into some of your exotics Stop what you're doing right now Head on over to cindycarava.com. Cindy is a full service Realtor, the name might sound familiar To you, we're talking about the races Cindy is the wife of horse trainer Jack Carava, who's been a mainstay over here In Southern California on the circuit For the last 30 years Cindy works out of the San Gabriel Valley in North San Diego County. And she can help you with buying, with selling, with leasing. If you're looking to upgrade your home, she can help you find vendors like landscapers or gardeners. If you need help with pre-approval for a home loan, she can put you in touch with lenders that she knows. Maybe you just want to find out how much your home is worth. That's fine. She can also help you out with that. As I mentioned, full-service realtor. I've known her for over a decade and she is one of the nicest and most genuine people I've ever met. If you just have any questions at all, send her an email. cindyc.realtor at gmail.com 10th race at Parks. It is the cotillion, the grade one. You know, I'm gonna play against Serengeti Empress again. I always end up doing that. And she just, she impresses me each and every time. I don't play against horses because I don't like them, it's a lot of time based on Price, what's the race Going to shape up like, and what's the price Of this horse going to be, and Serengeti Empress Should be battling it out from the inside Again, she was defeated by Guarana uh, Back on June the 8th When she was second, but look, her last Three races in a row have been really good She won the Oaks, she was second in the Acorn and She was second in the Test in a battle with Kofivi. Serengeti Empress was A step slow from the rail this will be the third time in a row she draws the rail She got to the lead by a length And she had a Half length lead at the top of the lane She But battled it out with Kofivi Who was able to just sit off her And get a, a little bit of an advantage And Kofivi put Serengeti Empress away in the last 50 yards You know what you'll get from Serengeti Empress From the rail, she'll be flashing her speed And she's a very honest filly A fleet destiny just looks overmatched Graded stakes placed But She hasn't been close in a while I like the three in here a lot A street band Really do So I think you put a line through the Oaks Some trouble in that race And just never never able to to really get in it And then look at her form overall Other than that She's really honest She's actually defeated Serengeti Empress The Indiana Oaks was very good and then the last race was the one I really liked at Saratoga, even in the slop. She's in the the two path. she's just two off, she's in fourth, fifth. She's loaded, she's waiting behind horses. She gets a great opening. She moves right up on terms with Dunbar Road. and she's second late in the stretch. She loses a photo to point of honor. That's going a mile and a quarter. Now she cuts back to a mile and a sixteenth. She's going to pass horses, but she has enough tactical and positional speed to put herself in a nice spot. I like street band with a little more punch, cutting back. Getting the trip in here with all the speeds You think Serengeti Empress is going to go I'd have to imagine Guarana won't be too far off Trying to let Serengeti Empress get away And then you have the two to the outside Belafina with the blinkers on She's going to want to be closer And and Jaywalk, You know, even if she's not quite as good She does her best running on the front end So it should be a lot of pace signed on in here And I think that sets up for Street Band Hey, I wouldn't talk you off Jeltrin either who had a nice prep race over this track last time out She hasn't really been Disgraced a couple times When she hooked up with Serengeti Empress and Guarana Things would need to break just right for her But if you're looking To go against Empress, Guarana Or Bellafina Jeltren's at least The bottom of the exotics horse to use Collegeville girl She has I mean her win was nice last out And both of her wins have been good But now she has to stretch out And face better And deal with lots of other speed That just feels like too much Horologist is Six Six and she's won four in a row. She's looking for her fifth in a row. She sat really nicely last time out to win the grade three. Mon Metoke. She was third of three. Uh she was third. She was three off. She moved up without really being asked along the rail. She got an opening. She shot through. She had to battle all stretch with Jaywalk and she won that battle. She deserves to take a shot against some of the better now. I still think she's in a little bit tough today but if she can sit the same type of trip she sat, it should benefit her. She makes me smile. It's just a little way overmatched in here. Um 50 to 1 in the morning line. Last win was against 12 5 beaten claimers Gorana undefeated 3 for 3. Chad Brown has two really nice 3-year-old fillies and she proved in the acorn she can sit off. You know, she was 3 off uh, she was fourth, she moved inside She waited, she angled around To the two path And she just blew right by Serengeti Empress, that was on June the 8th Last time out she showed more speed She has the ability To do what whatever's needed And she's very very talented And she's the logical Logical favorite in here But from a, a win perspective Gotta go against uh, Sweet Sammy D Comes in from Monmouth Comes out of that same race behind Horologist and Jaywalk I just didn't see enough of an excuse to upgrade Sweet Sammy D over those two But if she's like really big price Throw her in the bottom of your tries and your supers Because she might be one who can kind of fall into a nice spot And at least pick up a slice And then you have the two outside You have your Breeders' Cup Juvenile Phillies winner Jaywalk And then you have Bella Fina who's... Just never, hasn't really taken a massive step forward this year But I still think she's got a big one in her She puts the blinkers on today Last time out, she was in the test She took back, she was last early She was inside, she was in behind horses She was in really tight, in a tight, tight spot And she just couldn't ever make up ground on the top two She'll be closer I think that was a plan Let's take back and see if she can come from off the pace a little bit expecting her to be closer with the blinkers on the outside draw might not be bad for her maybe she can kind of get up in the mix and sit I just don't know if if she's improved in, enough but she's really coming into this race well and a lot of it determined is determined on the price because if you'll notice she gets hit hard all the time and she was bet over Kofivi and Serengeti Empress but if she's five to one in here she's worth some inclusion. Jaywalk's last start in the Monmouth Oaks, she was second behind Horologist. Three others showed speed early, and that forced Jaywalk a little bit wide. She had to work a bit to get the lead, and then she was pressed from the outside. Horologist snuck up the inside. Jaywalk battled with Horologist, but just could not go on with that one late, and she just quite hasn't taken the step forward. I mean, you look at these Serengeti Empress, Jaywalk, Bellafina—they were all very good at two. And they uh, they didn't really improve Jaywalk and Bellafina nearly as much as Serengeti Empress has, where she's taken another step forward. Three Street Band for me, on top of the eight Guarana, on top of the ten Bellafina, on top of the four Geltrin. Three, eight, ten, four. Let's bet the three to win. If we get anything over six to one on Street Band, eleventh and final. Closing things out On this Megapod With the Pennsylvania Derby And we found the news of the big scratch Maximum security is out of this race Probably done racing for the The year Probably won't get into the Breeders' Cup Colic So now With maximum security out It's just going to be a field of six And it really does look like On paper There are A top tier of three With improbable War of Will and Mr. Money Uh, Well let's start from the inside With Math Wizard Who's a real cool story He was a 16 claimer Actually a 12-5 claimer But a 16 claimer earlier in the year In the same race with Maximum Security You had two horses and a maiden claiming 16 One of them went on to cross the wire first In the derby And they would both end up Entered in a grade 1 race later in the year That's unbelievable And Math Wizard is Multiple graded stakes placed The problem is since he stepped up After winning that $25,000 claimer At Gulfstream where he looked really good And you—you won by 18 He hasn't won He's hit the board in some of these stakes races He was well beaten by Mr. Money And now he's got to deal with not only Mr. Money He's going to have to deal with Improbable And he's going to have to deal with War of Will He's also going to have to deal with Spunder Run Who's in nice form Don't like the spot for Math Wizard Improbable Who was your Kentucky Derby Favorite And your Preakness favorite And In the Preakness, he was mid-pack He was in between horses, he was 6th He was 4 off, he got to the clear In the stretch with dead aim, he just really didn't Respond, kind of spinning his wheels A little bit, so they gave him some time Off, and he returned on August the 25th It was his first start since the Preakness It was just a small field of four But he, he beat King Jack Who we'll see a little earlier on in the card And Improbable sat just off the leader He was always traveling well He was in the two path He opened up three with uh, without urging And he beat a nice one in King Jack I don't know If he really wants to go a mile Like a mile and an eighth And he got a great trip Improbable on the outside of Horses he might be on the inside And what, what ends up Becoming a story now With the scratch of maximum security Is how is this pace going to shape up Improbable's Got a little bit of speed But he's not exactly one that you think will be on the lead Guess it wouldn't shock me to see War of Will on the lead Probably wouldn't shock us to see Spun to run on the lead Mr. Money could be right there too So any of these now It just makes the pace scenario a little more Intriguing Because any of them could go And maybe it's War of Will Uh, We'll kind of skip over Shanghai Superfly He's a maiden and he just looks overmatched He was defeated against a maiden 50 claimers last out He's been defeated against maiden 30-40 to claimers A couple starts back You have War of Will So he had all the derby drama on derby day Where he was in that the incident with Maximum Security And the reason why Maximum Security was DQ'd So then he then he Wins the Preakness And in the Belmont He sits 4th, he's 3 off, he's in the clear He's 2-3 deep, he moves up slightly he, just, he looked like he had Some run and then boom, immediately He's all in and he's done And to me that spelled A, a tired horse And Mark Cassie said he didn't think he really loved the Belmont Surface all that much Last out, Jim Dandy He's forwardly placed He's sitting second But he's a little headstrong So he wants to go So Gaffleon makes an early move to the lead They open up two But just no response When the real running starts And when everyone starts to move He has nothing Made a couple equipment changes Glue on shoes and a figure 8 bridle Cassie likes the way he's training now War of will Should bounce back here in a big way In Based on the fact that there's not a lot of speed on paper And I think he should sit a really good trip I would make him Of the three my slight top selection Because I think he's going to be the best price Of Improbable And Mr. Money So I rank this race I have War of Will Four Mr. Money Six And then Improbable And I really wouldn't talk you off if you want to use Spun to Run I just He got a really good trip in in the last start, he was sitting just off. He moved to the lead. He was actually passed in the stretch, and then he was able to battle back on the inside. He looked like he was done. It was determined. I mean, he sat a great trip. He got passed, but he did battle back. He'll fight you. Small field. Maybe he can spice up some of your exotics a little bit if he can get into the uh, sneak into the exact or the try. Then we have the buzz saw known as Mister Money, who. In just his 10 races, he's won half of them. He's won his last four, all four graded stakes races, beaten a couple decent fields. But this is by far going to be the toughest group he's facing with War of Will and with Improbable. He did hook up with War of Will at Louisiana and Fairgrounds down in Louisiana earlier in the year. He sat just off in second last time out at Mountaineer. He moved the lead in between horses without being asked And he opened up easily And this is the right time for him to come take on the big boys now And if Mr. Money In a wide open 3 year old division He wins this race And then let's say he goes and he wins And he, he beats you he wins the Breeders' Cup I mean obviously you win the Breeders' Cup Maybe he runs well in the Breeders' Cup You'd be looking at a horse who Ends up with 5 graded stakes on the year, Mr. Money fits in here. So we'll put him in second. And then improbable, they all have a big shot. And and so in a race where you have horses that you think are all pretty evenly matched, what do you you have to do? You always have to take the best price of them if you think they're close, right? Now, if you don't think they're close, that's different. But if you're looking at a race – don't ever say, uh, yeah, I'm going to, I guess I kind of am going to use the favorite. Like, just don't do it. If you don't like, if you don't love a horse that's the favorite and you don't think that that horse is a standout, don't play him. Play against them. That's Parks Racing for you on Saturday. Do me a favor, folks, if you can, let your friends know who like racing or football or sports or Beverly Hills 902 and or, uh, Fun stories, let them know about That's What G Said Podcast Always appreciate you listening And we'll have another episode Coming out for you Very, very soon Where we go through A couple more Horse racing plays for the weekend We're going to cover all of the football games For week 3 in the NFL All 16 games Well, 15, we just hit the Thursday game for you So we're going to cover all 15 games We'll Talk about the lines and then we'll give you our Bets I'm going a recap Ballers Winding down The final season of Ballers With The Rock Thanks everyone For tuning in hope you have An awesome weekend we'll be back Very soon with another episode of that's what she said Joey my friend take it away